If he conquered death, then what is your sickness? Cancer to him. He can handle your employer. He can handle your haters. If he can conquer death, he can handle all of your insufficiency. Our insufficiency becomes sufficiency because of Christ's all-sufficiency. He said, I can handle all the issues you have. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as today we're continuing our message, Power at the Pool. And I think that's so important for us to keep in mind, Pastor. There is absolutely nothing that God cannot handle. We, sometimes I think we get so overwhelmed by the problem that's right in front of us, we lose sight of the fact that to God, that is barely a blip on the radar screen. Uh, I'm telling you, it's like we have to be conscious of the fact that if God is not our first response, he usually ends up being our last resort. Mm-hmm. And, and so who you approach first when you have an issue, that's who you're depending on to deal with your issue. And for us as believers, it ought to be Jesus. Now, I'll readily confess, it's not always Jesus first with me, you know, because the flesh is always the first responder in any emergency situation. But you begin to practice putting Jesus first. You you mean, yes, because I must train myself. I say it all the time, Steve, just forgive me. Will you please? All right. right. So you forgive me. I I forgive you. So a thought. Reap a deed. So a deed, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a lifestyle. So a lifestyle, reap an eternity. How do you do this? How do I make it so that the first one I run to is the Lord Jesus Christ? Just begin to practice that. Yeah. Practice the presence of God. You say, what do you do? Here's, here's something real simple that uh, especially new believers have told me, hey, that was really helpful. Sit a chair out and practice the presence of Jesus in that, and just talk to talk Jesus. To the like, empty chair that's as if right. Jesus were sitting as right if there. As sitting there. Yeah. And you'd be amazed, you huh. know? Yeah. yeah, you'd yeah. be amazed. Well, he is there anyway, yes. whether or not we see him that's or not. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's so good for us to keep that in mind because I think that's one of the things that a lot of us may struggle with. We know in our minds that Jesus is always there. We know that he can do all things. Deep down in our core, probably believe that, but just in the busyness of life and the way that it tends to overwhelm us at times, we can lose sight of that so quickly. And so I like the fact that you're talking Mm -hmm. about develop that habit. That's right. And it's not just going to be a one or two time thing. This sounds like you're saying this is something that you've been doing your whole life. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. You know, my youngest son, when he was a shorty, I told him, go empty the garbage. It was dark. And uh, I waited what seemed like an eternity, like five minutes. And uh, where's that boy? I looked outside. He was standing by the door. I said, what are you standing there with the garbage for? He said, I'm afraid, Dad. It's dark down there. I said, Jesus is with you. He said, I already know that. But maybe they won't know that they need to see somebody. And so there are often times when we need a physical presence, like Paul, when he said God sent him Titus and he got not the Midas touch, but the Titus touch. And so we don't want to, you know, just uh, disassociate the fact that we do need, you know, some human confirmation. But God will always give it to us. Yeah. Well, we're in John 5 today. Hope you'll uh, join us there as we continue this message power at the pool. Here's Pastor Ford. And so what does he tell him? The healing is not the wholeness. 
Now, the first part, justification. The second part, sanctification. What, what's he saying? You want to be whole. This is his transformation. So when I get there, I don't have to deal with it. His transformation. What's he saying? Quit sinning. All right. Quit sinning. I didn't say it. Well, okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Behold, thou art make whole. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto thee. Jesus saying for 38 years he was paralyzed because of his sin. There are some people who were sick because of their sin. Now, I know what you're saying because you're looking at my hand because I've become the claw. I got carpal tunnel. And I've been, I've been doing this just like you've been doing. You've been saying, I wonder if it's sin in pastor's life because his hand all jacked up. And, and that's what I've been doing too. I say, Lord, is, is there some sin I need to deal with? Or Don't worry about my sin. You better worry about your own sin. Here it is. Here's what God wants this man to know. You either have a used-to-be story or you probably still who you used to be. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me read this to you. Uh, somebody sent this to me. I, I love it. You churching, but you ain't changing. You praying, but you ain't believing. You singing, but you ain't set free. You hooping and hollering, but you ain't humble. You casket sharp, but you ain't heaven ready. You speaking in tongues in the sanctuary, but ain't speaking to your neighbor in the parking lot. You running up and down the aisle, but you ain't running to the throne. You dancer, but you ain't delivered. You do more turning to your neighbor than you do turning from your sin. You do more conferences than you do confession. No more playing church. Make that change and be the church. Jesus saying, hey, I just didn't heal you just to heal you. I'm healing you so that you can live right. Look at the restoration. I'm almost done. Verses five through, uh, uh, further seven through nine, the restoration. Now he says, the impotent man answered, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool when I'm coming down and I step down. Eight and nine. Jesus said unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Okay, now, this is the third sign that John lists. Now remember, the sign is the point to the Savior. Why are you bringing this out, Pastor Ford? Because the biggest problem today is people want the sign, but they don't want the Savior. Now, my son, my son, my youngest baby boy, he lives in Hammond. I go visit him. When I get close, I know I'm close because there's a sign that says, Hammond, half a mile. So let's say one day on the way back, I take that sign and put it in my car and drive home. Do I now have Hammond in my car? No, I don't have Hammond in my car. I have the sign that says Hammond that was put there to point to Hammond. I don't have Hammond. Are you walking with me? In other words, too many people are into all these miracles and I, and I'm, I don't put them down. I, I pray for miracles. I believe in miracles. I believe in healing. So don't get, don't get it twisted. I'm talking about the foolishness. The foolishness that some people are attracted to. The shenanigans that are going on in the name of Jesus Christ. Here's what I find. Jesus is at the perfect place to go, 
In the name of Jesus. Everybody get up. In the name of Jesus, be healed. He didn't do that. He went to one man and left every, let me say this loud, left doc, he left everybody else sick, which tells me he did not come just to heal everybody. In his sovereignty, he chose somebody to heal because their healing fit his purpose. So the first sign demonstrated Christ's power over quality. He turned water into wine. The second sign showed Christ's power over distance. He don't have to be there in order to heal. He could just speak the word. Now, this shows his power over time. It doesn't matter how long it's been going on. Don't give up. Give over to Jesus. Now, we're never told why he chose to heal this man, just his sovereignty. Maybe it's because of the longevity of his illness. Maybe he could become a testimony to the fact that y'all know how long this man been here and how he been suffering. And now I came, and no matter how much time has elapsed, I'm able to do what's needed. It's an argument from the greater to the lesser because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He conquered death. Now, if he conquered death, then what is getting you a job? If he conquered death, then what is restoring your marriage or your relationship? If he conquered death, then then what is your sickness, cancer to him? If he conquered death, he can handle your employer. If he conquered death, he can handle your sickness. If he conquered death, he can handle your haters. If he can conquer death, he can handle all of your insufficiencies. Didn't I say it in the first message? That our insufficiency becomes sufficiency because of Christ's all-sufficiency. He said, I can handle all the issues you have. Now, notice something. Jesus didn't use the pool or the water in the miracle. Why? He's not going to use anything that detracts away from who he is. If he would have used the pool or the water, some people would have said it's the water, just like some people think it's the oil. Want me with oil. Okay. Is the power in the prayer? Is the power in the oil? Well, James says is in the prayer, not in the oil. I teased my wife. I told her, man, I'm I'm anointing you with enough oil to cook a case of chickens, girl. (laughs) Why didn't he need the pool water? Because he's the living water. Yeah. See, the pool water was temporal, but the living water is eternal. The pool water is contaminated, but the living water is crystal clear. Yeah, you can't drink the pool water, but if you drink the living water, help me, John, yeah, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So the man who couldn't could because of the power of Jesus' work. Pick up your pallet. Rise up. Pick up your pallet and walk. Why pick up your pallet? Because I want you to carry what's been carrying you. What used to overcome you, you have now overcome it with my power. So carry what used to carry you. I need you to carry it so everybody will know you're living over what you used to live under. Y'all ain't praying with me up in here. Carry it. 
So here's the conversation. Here's the conversation, Brother Matthews. I'm carrying my pallet. What, what's your question to me? Why are you carrying this pallet? I'm carrying this pallet because I was laid at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years waiting for some anonymous angel to trouble the water. Everybody get in before me. And uh, Jesus came and said, rise, pick up your pallet. And he'd been on that thing for 38 years. You know that thing was funky. Because sometimes we do carry the stench of what we used to be in, even though we don't do it anymore. Mm-mm-mm. Man, I'm going to give myself an offering. Shoot. I'm, I'm. Give myself an offering, man. <laughs> it's like this pallet used to carry me. Now I'm carrying it. It demonstrates what he gave you victory over. You ought to be testifying about that. You're listening to a message called Power at the Pool here on Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford. If you're just joining us, we are in John chapter 5, so you can grab a Bible and have it open there. We'll get back to the teaching in just one moment. You know, if you're a regular listener to the broadcast, you probably figured out that Pastor Ford is pretty passionate about marriage. He's written a number of books along those lines. You can check them out by coming to the website and clicking on the link that says Books by Pastor Ford. Little tips on the left side of the homepage. Again, come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on Books by Pastor Ford. Well, speaking of him, let's get back to the teaching. Here's Pastor Ford. Now, why walk away from the pool? Why walk? Why not stand there and be a testimony? I'll tell you why. Because now that you've been saved out of the pool, from the pool folk, get away from the pool folk. Because generally, the pool folk are going to say things like, oh, now that you done got your little healing, you think you're better than everybody else, huh? Yeah, I don't want you hanging around the pool once you, I don't want you hanging out at where I saved you from. Because if you hang out with the pool folk long enough, they're going to start making you doubt your healing. It ain't going to last. I know what you was before. It ain't going to last. It'll wear off. How many of our friends are still waiting for us to fall, for us to fail, so they can feel justified in their rejection of Jesus Christ? <laughs> and that's the first thing they say. I knew it wasn't real. <laughs> yeah, talking about she went from the pole to praise dancing, pole dancing to praise dancing. <laughs> now she's back on the pole. <laughs> Hmm. Somebody's going to remind you how long you used to be at the pool. Somebody's going to say, oh, you think you're better than us. Pick up your pallet and walk. Now, it says it was the Sabbath. Now, here's what Jesus is doing. Look what he's doing now. Jesus knew that the Pharisees were going to be upset when they saw the man carrying his pallet. This leads to Jesus' hateration. Uh, I'm going to drop these. I'm not going to push them. Hateration. What do you mean? 10 through 13. The Pharisees are upset. Why? Because they're the umpires of morality. Say, what do you mean? You heard that story. Three umpires got together. He said, so how you call them, man? He said, I call them as I see them. That's what the first one said. I call them as I see them. Second one says, well, that ain't nothing. I call them as they are. Third one said, well, boys, I'm going to tell you something. They ain't nothing until I call them. So the Pharisees were like self-appointed umpires. They called them as they saw them. And even when they didn't see them, they still called them. 
So the law said, don't work on the Sabbath. So they said, define work. He didn't define work. So they helped God out and they defined work. And the theologian that I read after said that they came up with 1,521 things that you could not do on the Sabbath. Let me just give you a couple. Number one, if your wick in your lamp burned out, you couldn't replace it. You had to remain in the dark. If you changed the wick, it was work. You couldn't cut your fingernails. Look at there, all the women are saying, boy, I'm glad I wasn't back there. Couldn't get a mani or pedi on a Saturday. All the beauticians and barbers are saying, I lost all my business then. You couldn't tie a knot. So that means then, brothers, you couldn't come to church with a tie on unless you're like some of the brothers that got the ones that snap on. You couldn't kill a fly or a flea. Here's one you ain't gonna like, ladies. A woman was not allowed to look in the mirror. Ask me why. Because they might see a gray hair and pluck it, and that was considered work. Well, look at your neighbor and say, what foolishness. We still have it today. <sighs> Let me move on. And so here they are. They're hating on Jesus. And you're always going to have it. But look at Christ's transformation. Let me just give you the picture because I already told you 14 and 15. The man's paralysis was a result of sin. So here's the picture. We were dead in trespasses and sin, lying, impotent, helpless, hopeless, unable to save ourselves, looking to man and other things for salvation, not realizing it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. But then Jesus came and found us in our impotency. And what he did was gave to us grace. Uh, and then he lifted us up and gave us the power to rise up and to pick up the very thing that used to conquer us and to be a testimony of his loving mercy and grace. Here's the most important part, and this should be a message by itself. Verse 16 to 18 should be a message by itself because here now is Christ's declaration. They declare because Jesus said, my father worketh hitherto and I work. Listen to verse 18. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also God was his father, making himself equal with God. I wonder if Jehovah's Witnesses will read that. When he says my father, well, we say our father, we're studying that on Wednesday. No, no, my father, personal, private possession. He has a unique relationship with the Father that nobody else has, which makes him God. That's the point of the signs. What did John say? These things have I written unto you that you may know that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, designation of deity, and that you might have Zoe, not bios, in his name. Zoe, spiritual life. That's what it's all about. That's why I called the title of this series, Just Give Me Jesus. He's all I have, but he's all I need. In him, we live and move and have our being, and apart from him, we can do nothing. Why? Look what he's doing. He's giving the man health. He gives the man grace. He gives the man mercy. He gives the man salvation. He gives the man sanctification. 
He gives the man his person, his presence, his power, his provision, his plan. He's a giving God. And we need him every day because Jesus is the giving God. Jesus gave up his throne in glory for an animal stall on earth. He's a giving God. Jesus gave up the accolades of angels who cry holy, holy, holy for the jeers of men who said crucify him, crucify him because he's a giving God. He gave up his home in heaven to become homeless on earth. Birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man have not where to lay his hand. He gave the deity to humanity that he might be able to relate to you and I because he's a giving God. He gave his back to the cat of nine tails so that by his stripes we are healed because he's a giving God. He gave his brow to the crown of thorns that he may bear our curse. He's a giving God. He gave his side to the spear so that out came blood and water. Because he's a giving God. Can't even finish it. I get so choked up. Can't even finish it. He's a giving God. And see, as I'm, as I'm doing this, Elder Ben, I'm thinking about all he's given to me. And none of it I deserve. None of it. But he just gave it. He just kept giving. And he's given me some things I've never had before. Like his joy. Like his peace. Like his tranquility. Like he's given me the things that money can't buy. And so he gave his spirit to God. He gave his body to the tomb because he's a giving God. And on and on for the rest of it. Because I'm just too choked up now. But all I got to say is he's a giving God. And I came to tell somebody today. There's power at the pool. Bless the truth to our hearts, our Father, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. You're listening to Treasured Truth with Pastor Ford. And the message bears that title, Power at the Pool. You want to listen to this again? Just come to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, Pastor Ford's back in the studio with me here. And pastors, I sit in the Moody Radio studios. I'm just reminded of the legacy of Moody Radio, how God has used Moody Radio for years and years, generations, really, to share the gospel message. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we want to see that continue, Steve. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we hear from so many listeners who have benefited from listening to this teaching ministry. And if you're listening and you're one of them, would you consider paying it forward? Steve talked about the fact that we have a legacy, a long-lasting legacy. And if the Lord has used this program in your life, you can help cover our production costs by giving a one-time gift or becoming a monthly partner today so that we can continue to be here in the future for others who need to hear the truth of God's Word. Well, you can pay it forward right now. Just come to the website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. You're going to see a donate link there. Go ahead and click on that. And that can be a one-time gift, or you can give a reoccurring monthly gift. That really helps us be great stewards of how God is going to bless this ministry financially. So go ahead, come to treasuredtruthradio.org and look for that donate link. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for listening. And thanks also to our Bible teacher, Pastor Ford, and our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.